1: is LA. Hey guys, it's Scott. I wanted to add a intro to this before I release this show as I didn't feel it was appropriate to release the show this week in the midst of all that's happening around us. I recorded this episode about a week ago, but we delayed it, of course, with what's going on today. And it was important for me to preface this with some thoughts. As I record this today, it's June 5th, Friday, and I normally never mention the date, but I think it's important to reflect back on this at some period in time. There's been about a week of protest, as you well know country has been in turmoil as we're fighting the systemic racism. And as you for sure know by now all four officers have been charged and hopefully some justice will be done. Interesting enough, I started watching a show on EPIX this week called Laurel Canyon about the sixties and the seventies and the history of LA and the street in particular. And a decent amount of that first episode was devoted to the protesting and riots on Santa Boulevard and police brutality and inequality nearly 50 years ago. So so surreal to watch a mirror image what's happening today. And note, had things not progressed that much in 50 years, we need to change. And hopefully the peaceful protests will lead to change that really matters in my lifetime. I will definitely pledge to educate myself to learn more and to do my part to bring about change. And if everyone does that, hopefully this will make a difference. And the most crucial thing is to listen and, and learn. Hopefully the podcast and interview with Smoke Perp will bring you some happiness. And so here it is now, Smoke Perp.
2: You're listening to Lips
1: LA with Scott Lips. Hey guys, it's Scott Lips and welcome back to another episode of Lips Service. I'm your host and on today's show we have the most amazing Smoke Perp. He's one of the most important and prominent rappers in music today. He's an American rapper, singer, songwriter and record producer. He actually got his start on uh, sort of the SoundCloud rap movement out of Florida with other artists like Little Pump who have now going to do great things. And uh, he's got a new record dropping. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about his history, how he started. Interesting. This is the first time I've ever done a interview when somebody was getting a haircut in quarantine. So pretty interesting to uh, be doing the interview while somebody was getting a haircut. So a little bit of audio trouble here and there, but uh, I think we fixed it moving on down the line. And so hope you guys are doing okay. Hope you're feeling okay in this pandemic. I feel like we're slowly getting through this. So You know, do your best to stay sane. And I I know mental stability is a a big thing right now. And obviously, your mental health is very important. So make sure you do things to take care of one another. Uh, On another note, make sure you rate and review the show. It's really important to us. The show is available on iTunes, Spotify, everywhere. And it's very, very important to us that you rate and review the show. The show is now partnered up with Audio Up Media. Very excited by this partnership, Jingle Jared and his team have uh launched a bunch of shows already like the Renaissance. excited to be in business with them and so a lot of great things for the future this is an exciting interview i think you'll really enjoy it as i said coming up in just a moment smoke perp.
2: this is lips la
1: our show today is brought to you by the fine folks at thursday's boot company you guys have seen me rocking these boots and every other picture i have on instagram i'm always repping them Thursday's Boots is a bootstrap startup that makes the best handcrafted boots and sells them direct to consumer at some of the lowest markups in the footwear industry. Thursday's Boots' tagline is highest quality, honest prices because they use some of the best materials like full grain leather, supple glove leather laundering, and gold standard Goodyear welt construction. Thursday's Boot Company sells their boots at prices starting at just $149 with free shipping and returns. They've been featured in all the best fashion press, from Esquire to GQ to Cosmo and Vogue. And more, more importantly, they've gotten over 20,000 five-star reviews from real customers. Thursday's Boots are perfect for people who understand quality and don't want to pay a high retail markup for great-looking pair of boots that are built to last. So check them out at Thursday's Boots on Instagram. My favorite shoes, my favorite boots. You always see me repping them. You'll love it.
0: Hey, howdy-do, y'all. I'm Uncle Drink, star of the ballad of Uncle Drink. Hey, guys. Welcome, Perp, to the show. How are you,
1: my man?
3: I'm good. I'm, I'm about to get a haircut on the show.
1: <laughs> Actually, I love that. I think that's, a, that's the first time we'll ever have a, have a live haircut on the show. How's <laughs> quarantine treating you? Right we got the barber right here at my house, Jay Faded. Hey, Jay Faded. What's going on? How are you? <laughs> so <laughs> this is the first haircut we're having live on the show. How's quarantine treating you, by the way? I guess, I guess you're being pretty productive during all this I stuff. mean,
3: I was already quarantined before quarantine, but my quarantine's been kind of fun, man. Like, hold on. <laughs>
1: I don't know if you can see that right there. Oh, yeah, you got a tennis court there. Yeah, amazing. Full yeah,
3: court, no pools, yeah. pooly. Yeah, I got everything. So amazing. I was already quarantined before quarantine. <laughs> right.
1: So everything's, like, normal for you guys. Are you doing any live performances, uh, like, on IG and stuff like that coming up?
3: I was doing at first, though. I was doing talent shows on my, on my Instagram live, and I was getting, like, 12, 15,000 people on my, on, my, on my live, like, viewers, and it was working. I'm probably about to do another one tonight. Amazing.
1: What are the town shows that you're doing? Are You find in town? Are you doing battles? What are you doing exactly on them? I,
3: mean, I just let I just let my fans join and do what they do for real. Yeah. I seen crazy. I seen crazy. Some people sing. Some people rap. I saw some dude eat his goldfish. Like <laughs> oh it was a live goldfish. I'm like, no, bro, don't do it. And he ate his goldfish. I was like, whoa.
1: That's awesome. Well, you have a new album dropping. I think it's dropping on June 5th, right? So I want to talk about Florida Jit. I definitely want to talk about your history. We met. Uh, a while ago because we worked together i I did the philip line show with you where you walked in the show and so we met i saw you at socialita socialista back when there was like nightclubs and back when there was fashion shows but these days those are kind of gone for now right but uh we met briefly but that was cool i mean did you like that philip line show that was actually a cool look walking in that
3: that was the first show i ever walked go get the go get the space cowboy 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 so i still have i still have the the um yeah bring it up bring it up yeah i still have exactly what i wore on the runway oh do you yeah, that was the first show I ever walked, so.
1: So, yeah, so I, I want to talk about a little bit about your fashion sensibility, your life, where you came from, and basically how you started in this business as being one of the most premier and important, you know, hip-hop and rap stars of our generation right now. So take me back to the beginning. I, I know you grew up in Chicago, but really Florida is what you call home, right?
3: Yeah, I was born in, I was born in Chicago, um, and I moved to Florida when I was like three four years old. So really most of my memories go back to only Florida, but, yeah, uh, Chicago's where I was born.
1: And, and you were one of the guys that were, you really started as a producer when you were in high school, right, at like 16 and 17?
3: Yeah, I was trying, but I was bad.
2: <laughs>
1: says, and people weren't really picking up on what you were doing, and you decided to I, kind of pivot at that point?
3: Nobody, nobody wanted to use them, only, only Lil Pump.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you guys met back in high school?
3: Yeah, before that middle like before that middle school we, we, we were already friends before we were making music we just we we started making music together we were we were friends before we even thought about making music
1: and and for those of you who don't know obviously you started a whole movement on soundcloud obviously as little peep and you and a bunch of other artists but obviously you you're still your music is really changing lives at this point and soundcloud was a big part of your story and how it started right so talk to me kind of how it started you're in high school you're producing Obviously, you know, to get your music on SoundCloud at that point, like what was the first step for you in the process of, of being where you're at today? And how did it start for you?
3: Okay, so how it started was um, I was in high school and um, I got kicked out. I got, I got kicked out of a lot of high schools. I went to like five, six different high schools. So I was really popular in my city. Like, it's not a good thing, but I went to a lot of different schools. So, so I was popular. And um I've always I've, I've always made music. I, I mean, I've always liked music, but I didn't like the attention. I didn't like having all the attention. So so I went towards producing, you know what I'm saying? So I could be in the back. So I tried making music. I mean, I I started producing and um it didn't really it didn't really click. Nobody was really getting on my beats.
1: Um and the artists you were listening to growing up were like 50 Cent and things like that. This time I was like Seven, 17, 18, I was like 18,
3: so I was listening to like Chief Keef, no Gucci, Gucci, uh, Future, Future, a lot of Future, a lot of Future, a lot of Thug at that time specifically
1: and and why soundcloud right because at that point you you know you start to work on music and then why not another medium like how did soundcloud fit into what you were doing and how come you didn't start putting songs up on spotify and itunes mean, was it just the easiest way to get your music across at that point
3: i guess i guess it it was cuz since like my my de- my decision to start making music was so like fast it was so rapid i it had to be soundcloud cuz that's that was like one of the only places you can just upload you don't have to submit in like you know like how you do for apple and spotify you know soundcloud you and youtube you're just able to just upload so and that's the only thing i knew how to do i was i was new to music i didn't even i didn't know how to do anything monetize my music nothing yeah soundcloud soundcloud and youtube were my go-tos because it was just you just upload your stuff so
1: and at that point you're working by yourself or you're working with a producer or is it just at
3: that point at that point it's me and pump and then um Eventually, we met. We met, um, we met one of my friends. His name is Yappa Bam. He was already he, he was already like real known in, in like in like the city. And um, he kind of he kind of guided us on like what we had to do, how to get our stuff up on all DSPs. He would like uh, put us in shows in, in the city. So basically, like he he just clicked it all up like to what it was supposed to be. Like he just made everything make sense. He's actually right here right now.
1: Oh, amazing. Was there was there a secret to having your songs go viral back then? I mean, did you have a formula or was it just like, hey, I'm just going to put it up there and hopefully people will take to what I'm doing? I mean, the formula, the
3: formula really was just. To be honest, as cliche as it sounds, the formula really was just being myself because there's nobody like you out there. So really, as cliche as it sounds, it really was just like being myself and like saying what I want to say saying stuff that I know people think about but don't want to say, I would say it, you get me? And um, I guess that would cause controversy and stuff like that and yeah, built, built my music up. To, it, it, it helped build my music up.
1: And do you think there's a reason kind of why your sound progressed and you did so well and some of the other artists that you were around at the time on SoundCloud didn't progress like you did? I think, I think it's because um,
3: I kind of had to get versatile on them for a second. You know, I started I started making the melodic music. I started making like pop and R&B too, not just rap. I started expanding my catalog. And um I when when you expand your catalog, you get new fans. Yeah. Uh, and um I think that helped, you know what I'm saying? And a lot of people and I, and I get I think a lot, I think a lot of my peers um shout out to everybody, you know, a lot I think a lot of my peers don't really um they think they they think like right here, right now. And I, th- I'm th- I think long-term and I think like internationally, like I'm, you know, I make music with Spanish artists. I make music with, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I, think, I think like that, I think more like that, you know?
1: Yeah, as an international artist, no question. So, and, and obviously content creation was a big part of what you were doing back then, right? So talk me through it, because was Triller a part of what you were doing back then or was it really just making videos to just go up on YouTube?
3: Oh, oh thank you for saying that. That was, that was another thing that helped uh, build um, build the hype to the songs of was like we would make previews just like you know turning up to the songs going crazy and yeah it'll make the other people it'll make the other people do the same thing so we would yeah yeah I almost you reminded me that yeah yeah
1: and some of the songs like Audi obviously ended up it was like 25 million streams at that point on SoundCloud so talk me to from that point to where you met one of my closest friends Todd Moskowitz who's shout out to Toddy Boy and well, uh I- how Todd got involved with you. I know, I mean, obviously rolling loud and, and the Florida scene that you were very much a part of and, and still are because you have a new record that we'll talk about. is sort of an homage to where you came from. Right. But talk to me how, how you got from point A to point B, right. How did that all happen to you? How'd you meet Todd? How'd that all come to play with, you know, Interscope and Alamo being part of what you're doing? Um,
3: so, so there, there was this, um, this blog based out of Florida called daily chiefers. And, uh, my, it was my friend, uh, my friend Joey ran it, ran the blog. And um, I don't know, I, I really didn't hear from him for a while until, 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 you know, until I was about to sign. But basically, he was, he was working over there with Todd. But, he you know, he's, he's from where I'm from. So he, he was already in the scene in Florida. And then, um, so, yeah, he, he ended up working with Todd. And I guess Todd, I mean, I guess he told Todd about me. And then one day, I just got a random call. Uh, I think it was... New York number or something, and it was Todd. I don't even know how he got my number. <laughs> I got like a random call, and it was like, "Yo, yes, yeah, Todd Moskowitz." Like, I managed Gucci. I signed Gucci, and I'm like, "What?" Like, and then Joey was on the phone too, and he's like, "And Joey." <laughs> you mean, Joey Monda. Uh, no, 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 no. Joey, the- Joey that, that runs the Daily Chief is blonde. Oh,
1: okay, okay.
3: But shout out Joey Monda too. Shout out. Yeah, him. yeah. But but yeah, so he called me. He was like, "Yes, yeah, Todd Moskowitz," and then Joey was in the back like, "And Joey." and um yeah he basically was saying that like he really liked you know that's like we basically we just chopped it up on the phone eventually he flew me out to new york you know i'm saying i met him i went i came in the office you know that we talked and stuff
1: because you're still in high school at that point right you're producing songs but you don't have a ton of music up there
3: So i was still in high school but like you know i would have to like skip a week of school to go to a label meeting and stuff like that because i was already going to labels and i was a senior yeah
1: and was your family like, no, stay in school, this is maybe like a passing fad, or were they very they supportive of what you were doing?
3: I mean, yeah, they, want, they wanted me to stay, to stay in school, but like, I started, when, I started once, I, once I started getting like those streaming, like those BMI checks and stuff, they saw like, <laughs> They're like yeah,
1: yeah, so, maybe you don't need to stay in school anymore.
3: Yeah, because I'm like a senior, and like, I'm getting a $13,000 check like to, to my mail, like what is it like every two months and so much so they kind of they kind of realize okay like this is really working like, and um and yeah yeah that's that's how that's how I linked up with Todd and then eventually um he was the most he was the person who I, I felt comfortable the most with like it felt like family and it really felt like he cared for me like he actually cared for me
1: no question well he he's one of my closest friends and he's been promoting you to me for many years so for about four or five years
3: I think I was the first artist to sign to Santa Alamo
1: yeah, yeah, it's incredible. And were you a big rock fan?
3: Um, yeah, 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 for sure.
1: Because I know there's references to like Gigi Allen and Kurt Cobain and things like that on some of your album covers. So what were your like rock and roll influences growing up? That's sort of my world, so.
3: Death Star 2 covers, Kurt Cobain, and Death Star 1 is Gigi Allen. But um, I was real young when I was listening to rock, so like I would, listen to, I would listen to everything, but I would listen. I would even listen to the corny stuff. Like I was listening to like Disturbed and like, shit like that, too. Even some 41, like I was in some 41, like, <laughs> obviously, Link 182, um, Paramore. Like, I was listening to a lot of, uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Basically, like that Lincoln Park, Three Days
1: Grace. Some of the emo rock.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: And so, because your music for me kind of combines a lot of elements, but at a certain point, you go on to work with some of the biggest people in hip-hop, Kanye West, Travis Scott, Little Yachty, Murder Beats, Offset. Like, Tell me some of the stories of working with some of those people, like some of your best memories and creating some of that music with some of them, because obviously I'm sure there's a lot of great stories from that time period for you. Yeah,
3: for sure. Um, Travis, bro, he's a beast. Travis is a beast, bro. It's just like, dude doesn't even got to think about it. It's like, he hears it, he pulls it up and he's in there, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, in the end. And he ha- he has his own formula, so it's like down. He knows what he needs to do. You know, you know what I'm saying. So mm. he likes the beat. He is going to get done right there, right? Like you know what I'm saying. And um, also Yadi, bro. Like Yadi's really underrated. Like Yadi, I don't think Yadi writes anything. Like every time I have been in the studio with Yadi, I was in the studio with Yadi a marshmallow, like uh like like around September October, uh 2019, and that was the last time I was in the studio with Yadi, and we we made a song. I don't think he ever writes anything. People don't even know that he just popped in the boot. Like, he just – and, y- and Yadi really got bars. He's really underrated. I think people don't give him the credit he deserves, to be honest.
1: Yeah, what and, about um, working with Kanye? How was that for you?
3: So, working with, Con- working with Kanye, like, I never really – I never – like, when I, when I first worked with him, I hadn't met him in person yet. It was like, it was like a phone thing. It was like when, when, uh, when he was making I Love It with Punk. Basically, so it was like it was like more on the phone because like I wrote the song type shit. And um yeah, that's so I never I never really got to meet like me him in the studio. It was like
1: you know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 of course. But was that yeah. sort of your big would you consider that like one of your big milestones and what you were doing?
3: Oh yeah, for sure. I never knew I never knew like for my first number one song was gonna be a song I wrote. I yeah. thought it was just gonna be you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but,
1: yeah, that's awesome.
3: But then I, after I wrote that song, it just got it. it got me into writing for, for other people. You know, other people started like requesting like me to write for them, and then I got in, and then I got into doing that too.
1: And and at a certain point, you meet Little Peep, right? And you end up going on tour with him. Tell me how you guys met. You guys met online, and tell me kind of the history of your friendship with him.
3: Oh, uh, Little Peep, how did I how did I meet Peep? I think I just meet I think I just met Peep um just out here in L.A. You know, just like being on Melrose Melrose or something. And um, yeah, eventually we went on tour. I went on tour with I went on tour with Peep, uh, a United States tour. It was it was actually Fat Nick's tour, but it was but he he had, he had me and Peep as the openers. Oh, cool. And um, yeah, me and Peep shared like me and so everybody had their own hotel rooms and everything except me and Peep. Me and Peep had to like share rooms okay. we were the openers, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. so having to do that like me and him just got really close. We got really tight. You know what I'm saying? It's like that's like it's your roommate for like. Two months, three months.
1: Yeah. And people so, always think, I was going to say, people always think that touring is so glamorous, but you know, sometimes in the beginning, you got to share a room. Yeah, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah.
3: yeah. In you're staying at
1: motels. Exactly.
3: And bed bugs, all yeah. type of. So,
1: yeah. Yeah, I remember doing some tours with some of the bands I was in actually not even that long ago, where there's like five guys sharing a bed, which is never that glamorous. So, yeah. Yeah. but uh, and then eventually going to work with some legendary producers like Mike Dean, who I've also known for years. So tell me about that process and you know how that went. Work with Mike because obviously he's doing so well now.
3: So so Mike, so I was already I was already cool with Mike way before he did Dead Star because you know he did the whole Dead Star too. Yeah yeah. So I was already I was already I got cool with Mike when I first came out here to L.A. He uh, he hit up my manager and he was like, "Yo, I want Smoke Prep uh, to come to my house or whatever." my manager was talking to him. I don't even know how they got in contact. And um, I came over. You know, we we got high. And he has like the craziest gas. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Was,
1: yeah. 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 And, um,
3: he was there with Apex. His his uh the producer he signed Apex. Uh-huh. And um him and Apex just made a beat right there and just. Told me to get on it, but I was like so nervous. I'm like, yo, this is Mike Dean. He just made a beat in five minutes, and wants me to get on it. What the fuck? <laughs> like, and I just like, I was just like, bet, pull it up. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, acting cocky. Like, this is nothing. Yeah. And I ain't even finished the song. <laughs> like, so, so yeah, we so we got cool and stuff. And um, he was supporting my music all the like, still supporting my music up until Death Star Two. He uh, we ended up doing the whole album together. He executive produced the whole album. You know what I'm saying? Like, all the uh, all the intros and nachos and the in-betweens, like everything he did, he made it, he made it feel, he made, he made the project feel like a movie, like a roller
1: coaster. Yeah, does that process differ than if you're working with someone like Murder Beats or Mike, like how does the process differ for you when you work with different producers? Obviously you come from a school of producing, but now that you work with, this is now, I think your fifth record that you're about to drop, right? So you work with a bunch of different producers. How's the process different for you, working with all these different guys and how they operate?
3: Um, it, a lot, of, a lot of them operate different. So when I when I when I work with Mike Dean, I gotta come with everything ready. You know what I'm saying? I gotta come with my I gotta come with my laptop, my hard drive, the session, the stems to everything. When I work with Mike Dean, it has to be like that. He's gonna sit down, analyze everything. When I other like so, and, and then that's different from when I see when I work with Murder. It's more like okay, we need to catch a vibe. We'll go to the club, chill with some girls, come back to the studio, and okay. make. It- hit party song yeah. you know what I'm saying. or working with Ronnie is the, it's the same thing. We'll go to the club, go to the studio, like, you know, just to, just to catch a vibe, you know, something to talk about. And then, you know, just make a beat and, uh, and go in. So sometimes a Ronnie is more like he pulls up, he pulls the beat up for me and just, you got to get on this one side. Like he doesn't give me an option Yeah. Like, and you got to get on, uh, with murder. It was more like we, we, we would, we would build the beat together. Like, you know what I'm saying? And, um, we, I did that with Ronnie too, but Ronnie's more straightforward. Like, I got this one ready for you now. Like, yeah, and yeah. So like all producers have like different ways of working. And I already understood that because I I was a producer myself at first and I'm still a producer. Exactly. You take the credits on a lot of my songs. I'm credited, like, because I usually make the the beat with the producer in the studio.
1: And let's talk about, you You actually, this is sort of a return to form because you're working with Ronnie now on this new album, right? So you're about to drop this new record, Florida Jit. It's sort of an homage to where you came from, right? And how you started and whatnot. So, you know, you've got great collaborations. You've got Pump on there. You've got some, uh, I think there's like, what, you have like three or four, you have Rick Ross is on there too, right? I heard some, some of the tracks are great. Yeah, really yeah. great stuff. So talk about the new album a little bit. I want to play a couple songs too. Just tell me about kind of how it started and, and how this is sort of a return to form working with Ronnie and and Florida JIT and what it's all about for you.
3: Right. So Florida JIT, what it means, like what it is to me is basically just like, you know, giving people the energy and and letting people feel and know where I come from, you know, working with people from where I'm from, like Rick Ross is from my same neighborhood, like Carroll city, you know what I'm saying? So that, 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 that was like a stamp to me in, in from where I'm from, you get me? Because he's the biggest thing there. And, um, yeah, so this project, this project, I just wanted, I just wanted, like you know, like all my people from Florida to know that I'm with them. You know, what I'm saying that I'm there forever. Like this is, you know, what I'm saying this is where I grew up. This is my stomping grounds, and like it, that, that's never going to change. So this is it's for the world, but you know, it's for Florida, it's for Florida to feel. You know what I'm saying?
1: Definitely. And, you know, and this I, is more back to your kind of original sound in terms of right. It, it's sort of you're not digressing. This is sort of more how you started
3: almost like back to the basics.
1: Exactly, exactly. And you and Little Pump must live by each other, right? You guys both live in kind of right by each other?
3: We used to. He lives in Miami, now. I still live in LA.
1: Ah, okay, okay, because I know that you work a lot with him. So I envision you guys like working together, like pulling up and working with him all the time. But actually for this album, that's probably how it came about, right?
3: Yes, it's because usually I'll fly to Miami and link up with him or when he comes here, he'll link up with me. So like together a lot of the time anyways. But yeah he, he, he lives in, I think, yeah, he lives in Miami now, but he comes back cool. like, all the time.
1: And, and you work with Jack Harlow on this record, too, right? How would you guys link up?
3: Um, yeah, Jack Harlow's on the, on, the, on the album, too. I fuck with Jack Harlow. He's, yeah, he's, he can rap, man. How
1: would you guys connect?
3: Um, through the DM. Through the DM. Cool. <laughs>
1: That's how it all goes down these days, right? <laughs> yes,
0: dude,
3: on the DM, yeah, the DM. Um, and he, he, sent me, he sent me this song and I was like, yo this is hard bro like let me put this on my album and then he was like bet like let's do it and i got on the song i sent it back he loved it and then i was like yeah we're putting it on the album and that's how that one happened
1: do you have like a favorite track on the record it's what it's whatever is definitely top three it's whatever yeah the song
3: is called it's whatever
1: we'll be right back in one moment with smoke perp
2: you're listening to lips la with scott lips
1: all right, we're back with Smoke Purp. You're actually getting a haircut, which is amazing. This is the first time I've ever done an interview with somebody getting a haircut. So and you look great. So I did want to talk to you about uh, how big fashion is for you. I mean, how you know, how important is fashion? You know, what kind of role does it play for you? I know jewelry is important, your look is important, like what brands do you fuck with, what brands do you love? I know sneakers are a big thing. I saw something about the Nike Air Force sneakers, they they always have to be crisp yeah, and then you fun. throw them out after after two uh two times wearing them right so talk to me about fashion and and your sensibility with it i've always been into like shoes and clothes and stuff
3: before music like i was always big into sneakers and stuff like that so um i don't know it was it was just it was just always a part of my life like you know starting off with sneakers i started it all started off with sneakers I, i started collecting sneakers and then eventually i started collecting like vintage pieces of like clothing and stuff like that and um it just built up, up over time. And um, what, was the, what was the other question?
1: I was just saying, and I know Julie is also a big part of your look, and it's really important to you. So, you know, what brands do you like? I mean, talk to me a little bit about your, your love for yeah, sneakers, too.
3: To be honest, I'm not really picky. I'm not really picky with the brands. If I like it, I'll wear it, you know. I'll okay. But, you know, I like, I like Michael Miri. I like Dior, you know what I'm saying? My, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, Philip Klein, Saint Laurent, you know, I like, I like, I like all of it, but I'm not too picky. Like, if I, if if I, if I see something I like and I think it has potential, I'll wear it. Like, this that I'm wearing right now is like, I love this hoodie. It's one of my favorite hoodies, and it's, it's not no designer, it's, it's not no designer hoodie. It's some, some, dude, uh, Death Note. That's his brand, Death Note.
1: That's cool. And yeah, stuff like that. walking in the Philip Klein show, you'd like that? I mean, it's something you'd want to do again.
3: Yeah, let me show you something. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. I got the space cowboy suit right here.
1: Amazing, amazing. All oh, right, I remember that actually, yeah. I remember that from the show. Yeah. Cool. yeah. Now, have you worn that jacket since then or is that like a one-time thing? Uh,
3: I haven't worn it. I thought, <laughs> I, I thought about wearing it, I put it on before and I'm like, ah, it's too much, I can't wear this. <laughs> I but,
1: mean, it's hard to wear that out, right? You gotta, it has to be the right kind of thing to wear that out too. But uh, that's cool.
3: Somebody so, can step on my dress. <laughs> yeah.
1: So at this point, you've done so much, Perp, and obviously the new records dropping. Talk to me about some other career highlights. Obviously, you know the Grammy nomination, things like that. Like, if you had to sum it up at this point, like, what would some of your career highlights be? Um,
3: definitely the Grammy nomination because that was completely unexpected. I just got a whole bunch of calls like, "Yo, you're nominated! You're nominated!" That was unexpected. Um, another another thing that 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 really like. You know, really impacted me was a uh, Rolling Loud, my Rolling out Miami. I think it was 2017 or or, or 18 when Travis brought uh, Travis had brought me out on the set, and he told everybody, he's, a, he's like he's like I'm about to bring you guys out that this is the craziest next person, the illest MF of this generation, yeah. smoke like he brought me out like I was about to be like the illest to come out. Like he really he really did that for me. You know what I'm saying? That that's another highlight for me. Um, walking the Philip Pline show was a highlight for me because that was the first show I walked. Um, and I like and I and I love Philip Pline. Um, yeah, the first Fashion Week I did because I love Fashion Week, bro. I, lo- I love fashion. Yeah,
1: we'll you know, do I, some more of that stuff. I love
3: showing out. So yeah. first Fashion Week I did, I loved it. I was sitting. I didn't. I didn't. The first Fashion uh, uh, Fashion Week I did, I didn't walk anything. I was just sitting front row at everything. So I kind of was getting like you know I was learning stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. How everything works.
1: And um, are there any shows that you see online? like, wow, man, i love to walk in that show. Like, that's just like the epitome of what I'm into.
3: Yeah, man. Like, you know, I, I love Off-White. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, Virgil's but,
3: great. Uh, Virgil has sent me some stuff before. He hasn't sent me nothing recently mm-hmm. like,
1: at all. Shout out to Virgil. Where's the, Where's the stuff?
3: <laughs> I definitely want some stuff, Virgil. What's up, man? Let me get some stuff. Um, but yeah, you know... It really, it, it, it's really, if I like it, I'll do it. I'm not, I'm not picky. I'm not, you know what I'm saying? I try to stay humble. I try to help others because, you know what I'm saying? I, I know, I know what it's like to, to be coming up and like, you know, nobody's really supporting you. Nobody's really helping you. I know what it's like. So if I, you know, if I like, if, if it's something I like, I'll wear it. I'll support it. I'll do it. I'll walk it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome.
1: When you look back on your body of work now, Perp, are there records that you're like super proud of? Are there things that you don't want to perform anymore? Uh, you know, there, are there songs that you're just like, hey, like to the moon was like my favorite song I wrote or, you know, I don't want to perform this anymore. I don't feel this anymore. How do you feel about your body work? Because this is your fifth album now.
3: Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know if there's any any song that, that I don't like performing. Actually, yeah, like uh, Bumblebee, Bumblebee with Murdered. Like every time I do a show, they scream Bumblebee, Bumblebee. And I'm like, bro, I can't do Bumblebee right now. I don't have auto tune. Like. <laughs> I can't hit those notes right now, but
1: yeah. that's funny. <laughs>
3: I can't hit those notes yeah. right now.
1: We'll be back in just one moment with Smoke Perp.
2: You're listening to Lips LA with Scott Lips.
1: So we're back. Great track. Great track. I want to talk a little bit about you just got back from Europe before this whole pandemic happened. So where were you when this all hit? Were you just back in LA? Where were you?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was. It was a little. It was a little bit before the pandemic. It was like. It was like in the summer type, like around there. Um. But yeah, I did a whole Europe, Germany. I did a whole. Oh, I did a whole overseas tour. I think I was like a world tour. I went everywhere, really. Tokyo. Yeah, it was a world tour. Isn't
1: Tokyo and, um, the coolest place ever?
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing.
1: It's the most amazing like, cool
3: place. To be able to, you know, walk around and like, not be noticed as much. Still get noticed. You know, I still get noticed. But like, I could go to some places and like you know, sit like a regular person, you know what I'm saying? Like I kind of, I could go, I can't go to theme parks no more, bro. They
1: kick me out because everybody, and I love theme parks. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got to just buy, you got, you have to buy it out for the day and bring your friends, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Thanks. Um, so do you feel like Europe kind of appreciates, you know, what you do more? Do you feel like it's the same? Like, do you feel like culturally it's, it resonates the same with them?
3: Oh, wait,
1: what's music? Yeah. It's think Your music.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I think, I think, I think my fans are definitely with me. Um, cause with me, it, it's definitely quality over quantity. You know what I'm saying? I've been out, I've been out for like four years, and I only got um, technically, Dead Star, Dead Star Two was my first album, cause the other ones were mixtapes. Um, second, cause Bless Your Trap was an album too. Um, yeah. And I don't, I try to be a unicorn. I try, I try to like drop rarely, but when I do drop, I want it to be, like, something special. So there's no, there's no songs that I regret making. There's no songs that I don't like, because, like, I really, I really take my time and, like, make sure I love it before it's even out. You know what I'm saying?
1: Definitely.
3: And this is getting off subject. That's, this is one of the reasons why I hate leaks, like, because I take so much time making my music. I'm so passionate about it. And if for somebody to just leak it, like, half, half done, like, it gets to me.
1: Yeah, of course. course.
3: But yeah, like I was saying, like "Bumblebee" is one of those songs that like I get nervous performing (laughs) or anything that I need to sing on.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's so after all these years of doing this, right? And you've had a bunch of stuff go viral. Is there sort of a secret, or do you have something in mind when you create content on how to make that go viral? Because it's not easy, and a lot of your stuff has gone viral, right? I feel like a lot of stuff you do gets picked up and people talk about it. So. Are you consciously trying to create content sometimes that you're like, I know that, you know, even your video that you just did with, with Pump, right? you like, I know that people will pick up on this and this will go viral. Do, do you have a, like a sort of secret that you think that will make things go viral in that sense?
3: I mean, at first, in the beginning, in the beginning stages of my career, it was just controversy. But at this point, they just pick up anything I do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, and sometimes it, it doesn't even come from my Instagram. It'll come from one of my friends' Instagrams. Like, they'll just see it. And pick it up from there so yeah. it's like it might come point, from this interview yeah exactly so I, it's <laughs> something like that so at yeah. this point, at this point i don't I, like it doesn't i don't really have to do too much you know what i'm saying they'll find it they'll yeah
1: it up. no question well you're definitely inspiring and motivating a whole new generation like any words of advice that you could give the kids that want to emulate you and love what you do and look up to you who want to get into the game because obviously it's a whole different game now it is about TikTok and triller and soundcloud so you know, if a kid was starting out now and you were his role model what would be your advice to him getting into all this if somebody my
3: advice to anybody starting right now is do not listen to do not listen to like do not listen to the haters because once you start feeding into that it'll start eating you up and you'll really start believing it and then you'll sidetrack and next thing you know you're just fight like you're just fighting online with a bunch of people and you're not even making music yeah you know? Or another uh, another uh, word of advice I would give them is be yourself because if you're not yourself, then really you're just waking up every day and putting a costume, and at that point you just you're just a clown. Technically, you know what I'm saying? No question. If you gotta, if you gotta wake up every day and put on the persona that's not you, you're technically a clown. So being yourself, being yourself is a is a huge is a huge part of like su- a huge part of good success. If you want to have like you know a long term Like you give me success. Yeah. Like be yourself. So so it's like so nothing is ever nothing is ever different. Like, oh, this isn't how he like so nobody's like this isn't how he acts, this isn't how he is. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't put on a persona. You be yourself because there really is only one you. So if people love you, they're gonna love you for you. You don't have to put on a persona, you don't have to act like the next guy for them to like you, you know what I'm saying?
1: No question. Those are wise words. And and this is so exciting, man. My first quarantine haircut interview ever probably my only one i'll ever do amazing so the new album drops june 5th florida jit make sure you pick it up it's awesome a lot of great features on there obviously follow smoke perp i'm sure you all are following him already but if you're not make sure you follow him any other shout outs perp um yeah shout out to everybody
3: on the project jack uh, Jack carlo rick ross pump um young nudie young nudie's on there shout out everyone you know what i'm saying and uh my shout out my manager and my label obviously for, for working so hard and like helping me out. Um thank you for having me on the show.
1: Yeah, thank you, bro. It's great. I, I it's such a pleasure. And uh, we'll have to get together when this is all kind of I don't know, have you been seeing anyone during this whole time or I see you obviously you've seen your hair haircutter, but like are you seeing many people or not really?
3: Uh, no, nah, I try to I try to either stay I try to either stay in my house or like go to a studio that's completely rented out by me. Nobody yeah. else
1: can yeah, it's scary times. I mean, do you feel like live music will return anytime this year? They're saying 2021.
3: Yeah, that's crazy. Like, I'm missing out on a lot of money, bro. Like, a lot of shows canceled. I mean, I'm, I am supposed to be on tour. Florida Jit was supposed to be out already. You're not supposed to be on tour right now.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, luckily, we can get the word out there and a bunch of other people. June 5th. And hey, man, such a pleasure. We got to hang when this is all over for sure.
3: No doubt, bro. No doubt.
1: Awesome. Much love, brother. I'll speak to you soon. And thanks for coming on the show.
2: Much love. Thank you. All
1: right. See you soon. Bye.
2: You're listening to Lips LA with Scott Lips.